It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me today, as he does every Friday for a Ferg Friday, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. What's going on, dude? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, finally, like this is the last one of these we're going to do before an actual game week, so that's super exciting. I'm, I'm ready to actually talk about stuff that's happening on the football field because yeah. this offseason, as eventful as it's been, and as good as it's been for business and as good as it's been for podcast, man, let's talk about some stuff that's actually happening on the field. The yeah. stuff that people will remember. Is this, I think you can make the argument this is the last podcast that you and I will do this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, this is it, man. And and it's it couldn't Ooh. come at a better time. Uh, I am kind of up to here with my, with, with, with everything with this, like whatever the, this alliance is uh, of the conferences, right? Um, you know, just uh, chatter about okay, what is this season going to look like? You know, predictions and all that. I'm t- I'm tired of all that. Let's let's ha- let's see what this thing's going to look like because the one thing we do know, Auburn's the least predictable team in college football. So right. let's just sit back and see what this is going to look like. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for sure. So Jay Ferg, Charlie Five, and I were talking about this earlier in the week on the show. And he brought mm-hmm. this up because we were talking about some guys like, okay, who are guys that maybe are flying a little bit under the radar through fall camp? T.D. Moultrie came up. We both said T.D. Moultrie, um, kind of inspired by your response of maybe he could be a starter at one of those outside linebacker spots when it's said and done. We yeah. did this a week ago. And he brought up a question, and he's like, I would love for somebody that knows football better than me than, uh, to explain why this scheme, why that outside linebacker position in this Derek Mason defense fits him better than the buck position because we both agree that it seems like there's more to do and it's a tougher position to do than, uh, than the buck position and the uh, Kevin Steele defense. So could you kind of give us some insight to that? Yeah. I think the main thing you have to remember with TD Moultrie is he was a five-star linebacker. He was not a defensive end. He Mm -hmm. wasn't even an outside linebacker. I mean, he played, kind of in space all over the place um, when he was at high school at Jackson Olin in Birmingham and Auburn got him and wasn't sure. Okay. Is he going to be, is, is he more of a, a linebacker in this scheme or is he more of a defensive end? They move him over to end, you know, buck and let him go to work. And, and the thing with buck at Auburn, sometimes you did some more stuff, but it's pretty much just a defensive end that stands up. A defensive end you can be a little bit more versatile with mm-hmm. in the pre-snap with the way you move around and, and, and do things. This new defense, you are running a 3-4 outside linebacker. So you see it all the time in the NFL. You see it um, very, very uh, often uh, at Alabama. George has done it as well. And so at Auburn, they have the stud, and then they, like, they have the rush end and then the stud. And so there's going to be, on most plays, you know, when you – even though you have three down linemen, say, you know, early down, you know, first and 10, they're going to throw the ball. You have three down linemen, you have your two outside, your edge guys, and your two middle linebackers in that 3-4 scheme. Most of the time, if you're going to rush the passer, you're going to send those three defensive linemen, and then you're going to send just one of the rush players, uh, of the edge players. Mm -hmm. That's usually the rush guy. Now, 
the beauty of this defense is that it's versatile. You know, under Kevin Steele, that defensive end spot, that buck, you were on one side. Just imagine having two bucks, basically, and right. you don't know who's coming and who's who's dropping. Now, of course, you can send five. You can send all five there and, and blitz and that. But, you know, that standard three, four-man rush, one of those guys gets involved. The other one drops back in coverage, takes a line back. I mean, takes a, takes a tight end, you know, does a variety of things. And what they want in this defense is that when a when a defender gets when a when a quarterback gets in the line of scrimmage and looks across, they don't want to know they don't want him to know who's coming. Because the thing about Kevin Steele's defense is kind of how I felt about uh, Gus Malzahn's offense at its peak, where it's like when it works and it's super efficient, you know kind of what's coming. They're gonna ru- they're gonna right. rush for, gonna have two over the top, they're gonna play press man coverage on the outside. This is gonna be a little more varied, where it's like okay, you get to the box, you don't know who's all coming, who's all going, um, and for a guy like T.D. Moultrie, I think it is tapping into some of his background as a linebacker more than a defensive end. You know, his time at defensive end at Auburn, he, that is an adjustment he had to make, and he's had some injuries, he's had some consistency issues. I think moving him back there, and when you hear things like he has been one of the leaders at the edge spot, I think it's him tapping into his history of playing a position where he got to use his athleticism and he got to – um, you know, do some more things than just pin your ears back and go to, to, you know, after the quarterback, which is something he, you know, nobody would be surprised if he was really, really good at that. Yeah. But it didn't really click for him at Buck. And I think what the thing about him at Edge is, I think he's just getting to do a little bit more. And that goes back to his, I, I think it goes back to who he was as a linebacker coming out of high school. So you're anticipating him doing a lot more off ball than, than the guy on the other side of the defense? I think what they ultimately want in this defense is that both that whoever you put out an edge can do both. That mm-hmm. on one play, this guy might be lining up on this side. He might be the rush guy, but he might be the guy who drops back in coverage. They want him to be able to do both. They want Derek Hall to be able to do both. We watched right. the spring game. Derek Hall went out and covered a slot receiver on a play just because of the way the alignment worked out. Don't love that. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you want to do a ton, but it's like, yeah. okay, are you comfortable enough doing that so that when we have a certain play call in place, you can adjust, you can react, and it's not so predictable. It's like, well, this guy's on the field. All he's going to do is come after the quarterback. Or this guy's on the field. Yeah, he's more of a linebacker. We're not going to necessarily see him a lot at coming after the coming after the quarterback. So it gets really interesting. Um, we talked to uh, Chandler Wooten and Owen Papo on uh, Thursday. Right. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me is they said, well, that we've got a set where all three of those linebackers, Owen – Zacoby and Chandler Wooten are all on the field at the same time. You know they and, love that too. And you can think, okay, is it more of a four-three look, or is it one of these things where they drop into that, you know, four-man, uh, you know, the, the 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 pass rushing package where you just say, all right, Owen, you're the edge guy, tear it up on the tear it up on the outside. Um, so I think it's going to be that versatility, that mixing and matching that they really want to do more more than anything else. So let's keep playing this game in that base yep. look where there's two inside linebackers, and we assume it will be Owen and Zacoby most of the time, at least to start the game. Right. Who do you think gets sent more between those two guys? Do you think Owen gets sent more or Zacoby? I, I mean, I mean, blitzed on, on the call. Right, right, right. Yeah, if you go off of last year, it's Owen. Uh, Owen's yeah. speed and his power for a guy his size is very hard to deal with. I mean, he was tied for the team lead in sacks last season. I think if you look at things like PFF, he was one of their highest-graded pass rushers, right right up there with Derek Hall. You know, Derek Hall had a really good pressure rate last season. I think but 
when, and they didn't do it a ton in the Kevin Steele scheme, but when you do blitz uh, Owen Papo, he can get home because, I mean, my word, he's that fast and he's that strong, and 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 an offensive lineman might not be fully prepared for it. No, it's not something you're going to do every single play. That's why yeah. your pass rushers are usually bigger guys. But you but, want the offense to be thinking that they could, right? I mean, that's right. kind of the whole, you know, the the mind part of the mind games part of this defense. Yeah, and there's going to be some plays where they'll send a safety, they'll send a they'll send a smoke Monday, they'll send a nickel like uh, Donovan Kaufman or Ladarius Tennyson, and then the other outside linebackers have to drop. It's just kind of it's an unpredictable type of scheme. Um, it's very similar to what I think they're wanting to do on offense, where it's you got to be ready for everything. All right, on defense, you got to be ready for everything. And um, that takes time. That takes right. patience. That's a big work in progress, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think, from what you're coming from. Um, but it has the potential to really, really work. And I think that's why these first two games of the season being what they are for Auburn, you know, tune-up games, I think is going to come in handy. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. I got a salted caramel bar right here next to me as we record delicious and picked it up and put in front of the camera that's, that's right that's good ad, that's, that's right. good ad placement right uh, I, i'm trying to get used to the youtube if you uh if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe button and then order um order a built bar go to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order all of them taste delicious they look and taste like a candy bar but they're good for you high in protein low in calories uh great stuff built.com use promo code locked 15 Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Jay Ferg, what's going on these days at the Auburn Observer? Man, we are we are busy. We are busy. So uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday's talk with Brian Harson. Some interesting stuff about the quarterback position. Uh, wrote about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I read that this morning. Uh, that was yeah. an interesting take you had. Yeah, interesting spot. Like again, could just easily be Bo's the number one guy. We'll go into the season. It's you know as we predicted, but it's close to the year the door is still open. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's pretty fascinating. Um, got a story up uh, today. If you're, if you're listening to this on, on Chandler Wooten uh, and not only his journey to get back on the team and be a captain, but also just how much he means for that linebacker group to have another veteran guy uh, behind, you know, really two, two excellent linebackers. Like we said earlier, Owen Papo and Zico McClain. And also weather permitting, everything permitting, I, I think at this point, Saturday afternoon at the open practice. We're going to do the same thing we did in spring ball uh, with the open practice. And we are going to have live updates on the Observer. So if you're a subscriber, you'll be able to get access to them, kind of read just my live coverage of what I'm seeing going on on the field at Jordan-Hare Stadium. Uh, it'd be a great time to sign up if you get get on it. And whenever those go live, every subscriber will get an email. You get the link to hit it and you get to watch it. You know, on your on your phone or your you know your app of choice, um, you know for for for, uh, for web browsing. So yeah, so we've got that, uh, and next week's game week we'll be roll, we'll be rolling strong into that. I know a lot of listeners uh, that are pretty active in the Locked On Auburn Discord signed up. I know several did when you did that live chat throughout oh, yeah. the. So we'll ping everybody again uh, Saturday morning and tell people to sign up if they haven't already. So that'll be and- that'll be awesome. 
And because I didn't say it then, AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year gets you on board. And it's, it's, it's a good time to go because game week, I mean, we're running full speed, you know, all the way to the end of basketball season, really. Right. Right. And another thing people get, I mean, people ask me all the time, hey, can you ask Justin this? Can you ask Justin that? Access to you. Access to one of the greatest minds around Auburn sports. (laughs) Too kind. um, Auburn Loyal 95 and Locked on Auburn Discord. If you want to join the Discord, I will put the link in the episode description down below. But it says, I have a question for the pod. It's probably good for a Ferg Friday. Everything's good for a Ferg Friday. Uh, Yes. They ask, what does a successful week one game look like against a team like Akron? Great question. I think, you know, the big thing is is that I don't know if there's a number you want to hit necessarily. I don't know if there's a score you necessarily want to get to. Of course, the best-case scenario, offense looks great, you know, hardly ever slows down, defense throws a shutout, right? Like, that's, that's, that's exactly what you want. But I, I think the main thing for Auburn in this game is all three phases, you know, go off without too many – you know, issues, right? Because right? this is there's a lot of new stuff to this. And one of the things Brian Harson talked about on uh, Wednesday is that second scrimmage, one of the things he really liked is that there were not very many penalties from the offense. I think he only said one from the first-team offense, and it was really good third down. So it's just that it's that process, that execution of, okay, we're not expecting you. I don't think anybody should be expecting Auburn to look all-world on both sides of the ball. Akron's bad, mm-hmm. and that'll, you know, sway some of that. But I think m- mostly is like, all right, when they a successful game one for Auburn is if you watch this game and you see the all the newness on offense and defense and no it's not going to be perfect but see it and say all right here's the foundation this is different this is why this could work you know building for it's about setting a tone I think these first two games setting a tone establishing that proof of concept and then building on it as we get into um, games where there's more competitive uh, opponents I think early on. All three phases, can you can you get things done um, and can you show the fan base and show yourselves that the new way of do th- doing things is going gonna, is gonna to work? Right, right. I agree with you, yeah. And, and we've talked about this throughout the week a little bit. Like, what do you expect to see offensively? Do they open it up? Do they do vanilla stuff? Does it even matter? Because they're going to kind of change what they do from week to week. It's kind of the strength of what Brian Harson brings to the table as well as Mike Bobo. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think around 40 rushes, is that, is that kind of where we're thinking? And then maybe 15 to 20 passes from quarterbacks. Is that, is that kind of the right realm that you'd put stuff in or would you move it one way or the other? I I think they'd want to try to be close to 50, 50. That's what we saw in the spring game. Um, I think balance is going to be very key for them And, 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 you know, it's not necessarily balance is not necessarily you run it 50% of the time and you pass 50% of the time, but it's like we can do what we want to do on any given down. And, and I think they, I, people want to see Bo Nix show some progress. They want to see if any of the other quarterbacks get in the game, which is a possibility, right? They want to see what they're, they're capable of doing. I, you know, you against a team like Akron, you don't have to break out all your tweaks and, um, razzle dazzle or whatever you want to call it to put up some numbers that people will like. I mean, this offense is going to look very different. They are going to be taking snaps from under center. That does not happen very often uh, at Auburn in in recent years. And I think just the way they're doing things, you don't have to be, you don't have to open it all up for it to look a lot different. And so I think that's, that's probably what the tone's going to be these first couple of games. Uh, um, Cause this base looks different than the base that we've been used to for the last 
right. you know, more than a decade for the most part. How about, uh, speaking of under center, how about that comment from Nick Brahms? <laughs> I love the fact that, uh, and, and, and I, I'm busy on Wednesday night, so I didn't get to hear Tiger talk live, but I, I do enjoy the fact that they're letting players you know, be, be a part of it. That's, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's really cool. And so, yeah, uh, you know, Auburn fans, you know, if you watch the videos that we put up, you know, I'd say we, not me, but like the other outlets put up of the interviews, mm-hmm. you can get a taste of it and you can see it. But I think the more that you get to hear from these guys, if you're a fan, the better. Because there's some really good personalities and really good interviews on this team. Right. And, um, you know, the more that gets in front of the fan base, I think it's really cool. Not just something that somebody like me can just tweet quotes from. I mean, getting to hear them and hear directly from them is going to be really cool. And and Brahms... Brahms is very Nick Brahms in his first one, and so uh, yeah. that's, what makes it, that's what makes him such a good one. And for folks who don't know the the, the quote that we're talking about, this, Nick Brahms talks about going under center, and he's like, I feel bad for Bo because towards the end of practice, like we may need to put a towel down there is, is the gist of it. And I'm like, that's funny. That's yeah. that's, that's really, really yeah. funny. <laughs> and that's an adjustment. Gross, but funny. About, yeah, that's an adjustment. Bo talked about how much you know being under center is different. Because when in high school, I mean, he probably hardly ever took snaps from under center. Yeah, I know the same thing with T.J. Finley and Demetrius Davis as well. So, like, mm-hmm. that is an adjustment, and so it might not look pretty all the time, and it might be a little little gross, but <laughs> <laughs> towards the end of the game. But I think they'll get used to it. Yeah, and we we heard reports early into spring that there was a little inconsistencies with the exchange, yep. but haven't heard that really in fall unless you unless you've heard otherwise. So that's that's a good thing. No, it was something that they spent a lot of time on in the summer. I think they saw in the spring where it was an issue, and I think all the quarterbacks wanted to like get mm-hmm. as much extra work as they could at it because it's just a new – I mean, it's a completely different way of doing things, um, whether it's the handoff or drop, getting your drops for a pass. Uh, you know, the footwork's different, the lines are different, the timing is all different. And so uh, it was something they really, really stressed – um this summer and i think we're i think we're hearing less of the oh well they're having a hard time handling the snap um so that'll be interesting to see saturday i'll be curious to see how much team offense stuff we get to see and 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 what it looks like when they go under center yeah let's talk about uh, the open practice in just a second today's show brought to you by bet online is the best place to bet on all of your sports action head over to betonline.ag today and you can get on the action a lot of futures a lot of win totals all that good stuff is up right now. BetOnline.ag, and you can get a 100% welcome bonus on that deposit. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON, and they will bonus you those funds. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Justin Ferguson, Auburn Observer. Yeah, so most people will be listening to this on Friday. Some people may be listening to this on the way to Jordan-Hare Stadium for the um, the open practice, which... I've brought it up to a lot of people that, that, I mean, follow Auburn football, and they're like, wait, is that open? Like, we can go to that? Like, I don't think they've done a super great job at promoting it, but we talk about it here every day, but it's, um, what do you think we're going to see? 
Yeah, I think also part of the like, can we go to that? I think some of it with the with Harson testing positive for COVID and that. I think some people are like, wait, are they still doing that? Like, yeah, it's like Harson will be a, there, but you can. Yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> you you are allowed to be there as you know, as long as you're safe and healthy. Correct. Um, uh, so what we're going to see, I, I think, you know, going back to going back to what we've seen in the past, these these last practices yeah. before game week. It's not a walkthrough, but it's kind of like it. It's it's going to be kind. I think at least I think you're going to see a lot of indie. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff that what we saw in indie, meaning individual drills. Uh, I think you're going to see some team stuff, but I mean, this close to the season, you know, they're not going to be like throwing the hammer down out there on, on people, um, and may not be as much one v one stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and stuff like that. But I think it'd just be a good good time to see. Okay, well, here's where these players are. Here's where these players are. Here's where they're working. Um, here's how this is all kind of kind of coming together in spots. Yeah. I think it'll be just a good way for for fans who are there to kind of get acquainted with. Oh, this is what this looks like. This is what this offense is going to like. This is what this defense is going to look like because you know the the spring game gave you a, a taste, and right. they've only added more and more to it in the in the month since. Yeah, as far as value in regards to information and insight, what can folks going to this? Take away. I mean, just who mm-hmm. who's with the starters? Who yeah. is Bonix throwing to the most? Is yeah, that is, I, I is that? Be, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of that because uh, you know I, that's the thing I always come uh, come out with at practice. Like that's the stuff that kind of seems more. And you might want to see like you know, okay, they're working on these specific things in drills. Um, you know, some things that you might like. I think Auburn fans will be excited to see the tight ends on on Saturday and see that as much as we've seen them in fall camp. Everything they've done, every practice we've gone out there, they have made an emphasis to get the ball to those guys. I think right. people are going to want to see stuff like that. But yeah, it's it, to me the big takeaways are like, all right, who's with who, who's playing where, um, what does that look like, and know that it's not, you know, you know locked down that that's going to be what it is a week later uh, when when you get to the Akron game. Um, but yeah, I think it's very much going to be kind of like, oh, okay, well this is where this guy fits in and this guy fits in, and it'll be interesting because Brian Harson gave us like half the depth chart the other day, so. Um, What's up with that? I mean, he gave us a two deep on the offensive line. He like the went man. out of his way to be like Donovan Kaufman starts, and if you question that, I'm gonna have a problem with it. It's like, okay, okay, we get it. The man's the the man gives more more detail than a lot of coaches do, uh, do in their in their press conferences. Right? He's a talker. He has long answers, but like you can get really good information. Out yeah. Of it. And so, I mean, shout out to those uh, on that call that were like, "Hey, how about this position?" And it's just like. I mean, he was he was literally looking down at a depth chart. Right. right? We ha- we didn't get access to that yet, and that might not come around until next next Tuesday or whenever they have the 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 press conference. But um, I mean, he, they had it, and he was not hiding from it because I think other coaches would be very very secretive uh, of that. And yeah, you know, all credit to, all credit to Brian Harson for for giving us that information because I know a lot of fan a lot of fans and and a lot of people like me <laughs> loved hearing it. I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. And it's like we're gonna know in a few days anyway. So right. Um. But right. I, do you think it says anything about like how definitive he was about Donovan Coffin? I mean, that dude must be killing it. I mean, he was very yeah. passionate about telling us that Donovan Coffin was the guy. Yeah, Don, he said Donovan Coffin is the, in, in the starting spot at nickel, and this is where. If you read my Thursday uh, newsletter, right. this is where the Bo Nix thing gets interesting because it's like, well, if we were playing right now, 
Bo would be the starter. It's like, okay, well, you're not, and there's still time left. The fact that he, the fact that he was very definitive with guys like Donovan Kaufman, and not as much as the quarterback position. Again, I think anybody listening to this, most people listening to this, and and both of us are on the same page here. It's probably going to be Bo, and unless something goes wrong for Bo this right. year, it's probably going to be Bo all the way through the season. Mm-hmm. But the door is still open. Meanwhile, on the other side, they're already like, yeah, Donovan Kaufman's got it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Fair is going to be like. He said all of those transfers are going to be in the two deep. And that is, I mean, he mentioned Roe Torrance. Like, Roe Torrance is a guy that we're hearing more about recently. Like, that's, you know, the, the, I, I think that's that's just an easy win. That's an easy win to just give people information like that. Well, so he went from Donovan Kaufman directly into by Darius Knighton. Didn't say mm-hmm. by Darius Knighton was a starter, but he said he was in the mix, I think was the word that he used. So is Zion Puckett the starter there now? And I wonder, it's in the mix. My my take on the safety situation is you're going to have three. You're going to have three safeties, and it's going to be a rotation. Now, Smoke will probably be the biggest chunk of that rotation, but I think by Darius Knighton and Zion Puckett, I think you're splitting hairs, really, on on who can end up being sorry. I think it's I think from what I've seen and heard in camp, I think it could be close to 50-50 now. However, that doesn't mean – like. One might one has to be the starter, one's not going to be the starter. Somebody's got to right. be out there for the first play. But I think their snap count could be very similar. And the fact that both of them could spell smoke at their position, they feel confident enough that both of those guys could play both safety spots, um, I think is very telling. And then a guy like Ladarius uh, Tennyson can drop back there as well. I think Ladarius Tennyson is going to be really cool. And I said this on our podcast this week uh, that came out on Wednesday night. I think Ladarius Tennyson has the potential to be like the great X factor for Auburn's secondary this year. He strikes me as a situation like Nick Coe was in 17, where it's like, all right, you might not be the starter, but buddy, we're going to get you on the field. Mm -hmm. And like, you can play here and you can play here. I don't think there's a position Ladarius Tennyson can't play in the secondary, Um, you know, and, and you can move him around all these different spots. And I think that I think you need guys like that. And so that safety position is interesting because outside of those three, it's like, well, who's next? Newcomers for the most part. Right. Young guys like Amari Harvey and Caden Bridges. So I think that's where Tennyson's going to play in, into it as well. And he's going to still get a lot of playing time, even if Donovan Coffin's the guy at, at nickel. And that's New England Patriot great Nick Coe to you, sir. Just pointing that Absolutely. out. There. Just, Absolutely. No, the, the dime package is going to be ridiculous. And like you, oh, yeah. I assume the, the lone backer in the dime package is Owen which can also cover and move extremely well. It's just like, man, you can do so much with that. You can do a ton with it. And and, and the dime, and even the nickel is going to look really interesting because if you hear if you hear Derek Mason talk about his views on the nickel, he's like, well, sometimes we want a guy who's more of a slot corner and sometimes we want more of a third safety. Well, you've got a, a room where you can do all that. And so it's going to be mixing and matching. I feel, The only thing I feel like super, super confident in this season where I'm like, this is where this guy's going to be no matter what in the secondary. I think Smoke's going to be in his normal spot, uh, you know, that strong side safety uh, spot, or, you mm-hmm. know, I, I even get screwed up on, on the terminology there. And I think, you know, Roger McCreary is going to be outside at number one. Everybody yes. else, you can move around and, and go inside, out, back, forward, you know. Jalen Simpson, I like. mean, he, he's pretty tied into a, an outside corner role, right? You would, th- Dre Sean Miller, those guys like Roe Torrance, like that. But among the key guys, I think I think there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. They like the way Pritchett can move. They like the way Tennyson can move. Obviously, Kaufman and Knighton and, and Puckett uh, can move. I think Smoke can even move a little bit, a little bit around at least between the two safety spots. I like the idea of Smoke in the nickel close to the line of scrimmage. I think Smoke Monday is good mm-hmm. at a lot of things. I, I think coverage 
far away from the line of scrimmage is the weakness of his game. And I think if you scoot him closer, I love that. And Smoke, I mean, interesting things uh, coming up here for him. Uh, he's big season coming up. I think he could be, I think he could be a really one of the top safeties in the SEC this season. And it'll be interesting to see what people think of him at the next level because his former partner in crime, Jamin Sherwood's now a starting linebacker, a linebacker. Uh, for New York Jets. So yeah. um, that versatility, I think, is going to be really big. And th- this is a defense that is e- going to be even more versatile than what we saw Steel run in the past uh, across that back. Oh, yeah. Six, seven, five, six, seven, however, however many yeah. teams are going to be on the field. It's going to be crazy. Justin, give us the rundown again of the uh, the Auburn Observer, what all's going on, how can folks sign up, all the good stuff. A lot of newsletters out this week at auburnobserver.com. You can check that out. Uh, sign up there. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to everything, everything new. Go straight in your inbox. Have a couple podcasts per week as well. Live updates, weather permitting, availability permitting, uh, Saturday afternoon. If you want some live coverage of what's going on at Jaron Hare, you can tune in there. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Really appreciate it. We'll be back yes, on Monday. I may put a pot up over the weekend recapping the, the open practice. I don't know. I don't know. Possibly. But definitely we'll see you Monday. It'll be game week here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.